Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au. My name's Corinne, as always, alongside me is the Bomb Express. That's right, Corey. The Bomb Express is back, and he's got no idea why you've been saying his name like that the last few podcasts. But nevertheless, today we'll continue with the team uh, sort of previews and we'll have a look at the, the Saints and the uh, Swans as well. Before we get stuck into that, Corey, where can listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, find us on Twitter at SC Elites. Also find us on Facebook, SoundCloud and the iTunes store at Supercoach Elites. And always, as always, on our beautiful website at www.supercoachelites.com. It's like my Rocky intro music for you, boss. It's uh, you're coming out of the ring, getting ready. Ready to go, fired up. But it's kind of like the, the whole tone, and it's like you're a different person, like just the voice change the and everything. It's just personality a, disorder going yeah, on over here. Pretty, pretty too much, much, too yeah. much fence sitting for too long. Probably, you just can't work out who the hell you are and where the hell you meant to belong in this world. Today, we've got the St. Kilda and the Sud New Swans on the agenda for us. <laughs> I don't know what you said their name was either, Chief. It's off to a real good start here. Real Saints in Sydney. Saints in Sydney. Um, and let's just kick straight off into it. Who's your rookie? Rookie. All right. I'll have a look at Matty Parker. So Parker is a Ford listed player and someone who I think, well, if uh, kind of hype and word is anything to go by, we're definitely going to see in round one uh, his ability to hit the scoreboard. Is uh is really good. Um, he kicks a lot of goals. He's good at um, clearances, score involvements, tackles. When Champion Data had a look at his kind of waffle seasons, they ranked him really highly um, in all of those kind of areas. So look, last year in the waffle, he averaged 13 touches a game. Um, six of those were contested possessions. Kicked one and a half goals a game as well, um, and one one point a game. So he's having about three shots a game. Um, three shots on goal a game. Sorry, Jeff, just lost my whole train of thought there. But look, this is someone who I think the St Kilda forward line needs a little bit of work. And we know they've got the big guys, you know, Membry, Bruce, and um, McCartan. Um, but this is someone who might be able just to complement that. Uh, he's a little bit smaller than them. He's 190 centimetres. He's got a smaller frame on him at 75 kegs. But this is someone who, look, like I said right at the start, if words anything to go by, Someone I think we're likely to see round one. If the Saints can kind of get some ball movement happening um, up front and, and kind of get involved in some linking plays and that sort of stuff, then expect Parker to be prominent in that area because that's kind of where he ranks elite. I love Parker. I think he'll get a go. I think he'll get a go early, uh, training the house down. I went for Nicky Hind, the midfielder only. Um, pretty stiff to be overlooked in a couple of drafts. The school got to do, I think, with height and size for the last couple of years. He ranked third uh, best at the Combine for 20-metre sprints last year um, at the state screening, so he was invited back down for that too. The one thing that I love about Nicky Hind, um, went back to the VFL after missing out on being drafted. Um, he's put a couple of good seasons in there but last year he ranked elite among midfielders in the VFL for kicks, score assist and score involvements um, and my favourite stat of all is fourth highest kick to handball ratio of any mil- uh, midfielder to play at least five games last season at a ratio of 2.20 so to give you the rundown for that that means for every handball he averages 2.20 kicks so um 
I think Saints need an outside runner. They're going to love Nick Hines' speed and kicking ability too. They've got a lot of the same players, those in, in and under players. So I think Hine can probably get a goal on maybe a wing or a, a, a flank or even on, you know, whether it's defensive or forward flank too. So I think Nick Hind will get a go this year. He'll be very, very quick and is exactly what St Kilda need. And I think he's one of those players that are just locked in uh, to our kind of mid-benches um, right now, 117K. Yeah. And, yeah. and Mike Parker too. Yeah. Both on JLT watch. Huge JLT yeah. watches, yeah. Two days, two, what, two nights? Two nights till JLT starts? Yeah, starts on Thursday, Carlton Essendon, I think. You know? oh, wow, welcome back. I know it's not <laughs> proper football, but after the AFLX, it almost seems like... Like, like yeah. you know, you know what I mean. Like not the actual season, but it's super exciting. Do you think we just put too much into it because we're super coaches? I in in terms of AFL, in terms of JLT, yeah. No, I think we put the required amount of, of, of sort of effort and thought into it. I mean, I don't believe in running no sort of preseason comp. Like I, I like the idea of a preseason comp. Let us have a look. Let us build the hype. Let the clubs build the hype. No, I like it. I just meant, like, do you think that people who don't play Supercoach give two shits about the JLT? Oh, I can tell you now, categorically, my dad cannot wait for football, and he could not give two flying hoots about <laughs> Supercoach. And uh, he will be, and he'll probably even watch replays of the exact same game and want to talk about it for the next six weeks after that. Always good. <laughs> um, mid prices. Mid prices. Well, um, is this guy mid pricer or why I kind of just snuck him in? I mean, can I use him? Because I actually. Look, the one I want to speak about is Blake Akers, but I'm probably not going to speak about him. And you know why, Corey? Because I don't feel like saying he would have a premium to speak about. So I'm going to go to Jack Billings, actually, um, and I'll leave uh, him later. Billings, now, we were all over this last year, weren't we? We loved him so much. We called him a top three, burnt us. We told people to hold the entire year. And yes, admittedly, we got that wrong. But that's what we do with the elites. We admit our faults and we try to rectify ourselves. Now, Billings was the A1 example of a hype player last preseason that we all kind of got sucked into and, and it kind of just blew straight back in our face. He, though, was playing out of position. Now, we can all agree on that. If you Now, I know you're big on the season splits, but if you have a look at his season split, right, when they just started being a lot of pressure on him, he was dropped for a period of time and all this kind of crap happened, he ended up averaging 80 for the season. It was 12 down on the 92 from the year before. But let's have a look at his scores from round 13 onwards. 99, 96, 77, 125, 77, 77, 110, 107, 97, 69. And if you have a look at his ball numbers in that same sort of time frame, his low count was 22, which he hit three times. I think if we can see Billings up on that wing, we could see him break out and do what we all thought he was going to do last year, just a year later. I love Billings this year. I, don't, I haven't selected him, but I think we're going to see. I actually think we're going to see him through the midfield, um, and especially now. Sad to say, um, Jack Stephen going out of that team indefinitely um, with was it mental health issues, Bumps? Um, yeah, I believe he had some some family issues. Yeah. yeah so um, 
yeah, I, I think he might get a, a bit of a go there. But look, very sad about Jack Stevens. And if anyone is going through any problems, you know we're pretty big on it here at the Elites that there are always options out there. There are helplines. There are people you can speak to. So you or anyone that you know at all is going through a tough time right now, make sure you get into contact with someone, whether it's a mate, um, a family member, or just one of the service that um, are offered, whether it be, yeah, what have we got, Beyond Blue? Um, Lifeline and all those yeah, sort of companies. Yeah, look, and things like that. All those kind of services are out there, and I, and I love the fact that you touched on, you know what, just just turn to a mate, because that's that's totally okay to, to kind of experience kind of periods in your life where you're not feeling too good. That's okay. That's totally normal. But it's all about just kind of voicing that to someone. And for those that don't feel like they can talk to mates and that, that's where the, that's where the lines then become uh, really useful for those people. I do just want to say one thing. I mean, when we post these kind of news and this sort of stuff on our Facebook pages, please listen to us out there. If you're not entirely educated, right, and I, and I won't have a go at specific people, right, but what I'll say is that we've seen some comments on there saying things like, oh, won't pills fix it and these kind of comments. Now, all I'm going to suggest is maybe get yourself a little bit of education around what mental health is because everyone experiences periods in their life where maybe their mental health is not great and pills don't necessarily provide uh, an answer. Pills are there purely for kind of chemical imbalances for people who really kind of can't get that sort of stuff under control. But more often than not, just voicing uh, whatever's kind of on your mind and that sort of stuff will, will help your sort of body release all those kind of chemicals that you need to kind of get yourself feeling good again. So strong advocates on that sort of stuff down here at the Elite. It does show too that, you know, not everyone's immune to this. I mean, we've got a professional football player here who's obviously going through a tough time in life and at the end of the day, they are human beings as well. So... Um, yeah, kind of leave the comments and your thoughts to yourself. If you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. That's right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, mine's Dylan Robinson. Um And the reason is is because I think he's going to have a great rebounding season. I know you left this for me, Bumps, but he had the <laughs> heart scare nice and early last year in mm. round four. Um, and killing it at training. I mean, how good was the intra-club the other day when we had Dylan Robinson and Evolve flying across halfback flank, taking marks, killing it with his metres gained. Um, and that's where he was. He was ranked elite in 2017 for um, champions out of ranking points, meters gained, and intercept marks. All things that score very, very high points. And I think at 297,000, I think he is. We've got one of those fallen mm-hmm. primos, a bit of a gift. Um, mm-hmm. And the worry always was with Robertson, you know, is he fit to play? Is he going to be out there? Is he going to be right? Well, yes. Yes, he is. He's killing it on training attacks. On the training attacks. On the training track. Um, all reports that, you know, his family and everything is still worried about him. But it's at the back of his mind like he's forgot about it. He's out there. He's giving 110%, 110% of the time. So, um, Dylan Robertson is one that I think you should seriously keep an eye on at JLT. Um, because it looks... Looks like he's gone back to that floating role. He's not playing tall. He's still the floater. Um, a lot of people worry about the 666. I think when you got the skills to go and intercept Mark and fly across, um, you know, leave your man and go off and take the Mark and your price of that, I think we've got a bit of a gift here. And, yeah, I wasn't really big on Dylan Robinson until I got to see a little bit of that intra club the other day. And, yeah, I, I think we've got a gift here. He's currently sitting in my side as well. Yeah, look, here's someone in the crossover pod 
last week, whenever it was, uh, who I'd labelled a top six defender. Um, and, man, he's got potential to do so, um, but at the bare minimum, certainly underpriced. Um, really liked the idea of Robert, and he kind of just... He's, he's just one of those names that enter the conversation. We've got Broadbent, Robert, and Brody Smith, and probably Zach Williams, who's a little bit more priced. You, you probably really only run one maximum tool of those, don't you? Yeah. Um, and look, you know, as we kind of fine-tune our teams and stuff in the lead-up to the season, we'll speak more about structure and, you know, what we're kind of doing and all that sort of stuff. But for the time being, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a someone certainly to keep an eye on because if his JLT is good, and there's no concerns, re his uh, kind of irregular heartbeat and that sort of stuff. Then, boy oh boy, this could be the, this could be a real bargain for us. Yeah, and you know I've known people that have had irregular heartbeats before, had had stints out of um, respective sports and things they played and things they were allowed to do. Um, but yeah, we're, we're alright not too long after it, so I mean, it was scary what happened to Robertson, but let's hope that that's all behind us and we get the best of him again. Um, alright, well you're primo, you going with Blake Akers? Blake Akers, yep, yeah. someone, I, I love him and you know what, this will be someone you know, you ride Corey Ellis every bloody year, I'll ride Blake Akers until the year he finally breaks out um, he took it up again last year, so last couple of years, average mid-70s he went up to 88, now I know he got injured, so that was from limited games. But this is someone, man, he's got all the potential in the world. You know, he's coming into 23, 24 years of age now. Um, gee, let me let me just tell you, if he can put together a full season of football, um, I will categorically say he'll be a top eight forward this year. I actually have no doubts about it. He is just tall, he's strong, he can take a really good overhead mark, he can play wing, he can go to the back line, he kicks goals, he does everything, he can get 30, 35 touches in a game. I really love Blake Akers, he reminds me a lot of Elliot Yo, and I think just the pure fact that he hasn't reached kind of Yo's level, or even Yo's level a couple years ago, is probably the reason why he hasn't been widely kind of spoken about as a breakout player, but boy oh boy, if this player can get it right, St Kilda is starving for an A grader, he could be one. He almost, almost was there last year before that injury too, remember? He was yeah. playing some terrific football. Man, um, he's a, I, I just, I've got a lot of love for Blake Akers. And what's he priced at? 480. I, I, and I know it's a lot. And if he's 420, I'm probably starting him by running the year, but... Look, he's never put together a full season of football, but you kind of look at that first patch at the start of the year last year and you have a look at his scores and he scored, you know, from round one, he came out in 144 from round one, 90, 97, 92, 107. That was his first five games last year. I mean, the bloke's got all the potential in the world to do some real kind of super coach damage. It's just a matter of how often he can stay on the park in his... What's he played? Five seasons of football. He's played three games, seven games, 16, 18, and 12. That's the problem right there. Uh, teams owned by. Have you got that open? Wow. Well, you give us about three seconds, and I probably will there, Corey. Uh, just fill in the, the gaps here. Uh, yeah, something, something on Express. He's in 1% of teams. <laughs> I thought I was going to be here at 1% of teams. That'd be obviously St. Kilda supporters, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that there are going to be some happy people when he eventually clicks and puts it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, and goes there, wow, round one, Gold Coast. Talk, talk about draft sliders. Now, people, now, we don't pay a lot of attention to the draft. I know you're in a keeper league, draft league, and that sort of stuff. I personally don't play draft myself, but 
if he's there, you know, kind of, you know, pick 150, 200, um, something like that, probably even a little bit higher than that, I'd take him, to be honest. Um, I'd be having a red-hot look at him. Um, the other one I, I like it is Jack Steele, but I'm not going to talk about him because I am going Seb Ross. But I think Jack Steele could really. I think Jack Steele's set for a good year. I don't actually don't mind St Kilda's list to be honest either. I think really? they're going to be better this year. Yeah, I think they're going to be better this year than they were last year. Um, Seb Ross is mine. Seb Ross is an A grader. You're saying they're screaming out for an A grader. I think Seb Ross is definitely an A grader. He's going to have a brilliant year this year. I think he is so nicely priced, Seb Ross. Um, he is their number one player. Oh, 2016 ranking second in the AFL for uncontested possessions and handball receives behind only Andrew Gaff. And in... Um, hang on. Ranking third in his position for post- uh, for post-clearance disposals behind Zach Merritt and Tom Mitchell as well. So I, I think the thing with that you get with Seb Ross, you get a lot of outside run, handballs received, go forward. But he's also developed that kind of contested game, I think, last mm. year as well. He went in there and got his own pill. Averaged 30 disposals last year, did Seb Ross. And when you say the name Seb Ross, he's not one that you, you'd automatically would click to the front of your mind. So I think his contested possession rate's going to go up again this year. He was sitting at 32% last year, but I think it'll go up again. I think that St. Kilda are screaming out for someone to just be their leader and be the one and and, and just dominate that midfield. And I think Seb Ross definitely has it um, in his game or has the Three. ability to take his game to the next level. 3-150 pluses scores yeah. last year. And two of them were in the last six games. He had a big last six games there, 129, 79, 158, 152, 103, 129. Just one of those um, ones that have climbed too in the Supercoach average. It just goes up. The stocks go yeah. up and up a little bit each year. And um, you know what? That That's almost annoying though, those last six games, because if you kind of like know he had that potential or, you, you know, you're really kind of big on Seb Ross as kind of a pick. And, you know, we always plan our Supercoach seasons, you know, three, four years out, don't we? I mean, yeah, we we always kind of speak about that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, we'll have him in our back on yeah. in you know, 2021 team, that sort of thing. But that there just kind of inflates his price a bit. And now I, th- I feel like it just makes him a really awkward price for this season. So I think he's at a great price. I think he's priced right around where he should be at 550K. Yeah, but see, like his price, let's say, you know, he does... 10 points a game less on that back end of the season there, when all of a sudden he's at 520, isn't that like, like that 40K, I just think that makes sense. probably more appealing, but I also like, Mm. I like the fact that he put some big numbers up at the end of last season, because I get get a little bit more confidence, you know, you you say you take, yeah, a little bit of points away from him, then I'm probably feeling less confident about picking him this year, Um, Mm. but Seb Ross is one that I think is so nicely priced, I think if a couple of teams did want to take a risk and did want to play it a little bit different with a bit of a point of difference, he's, he's probably one of the first pods that I would definitely pick. He's in 1% of teams. Mm. Walks to Gold Coast on the first game. He could go 150-plus there. Like, yeah. hey, mate. Well, I don't want to he, talk people into Seb Ross, but I like him as a footballer. He he may even feature in the Bombs Captain article in the first week. Who knows? Oh, that'd be nice. You know what <laughs> kind of pick Seb Ross is? It's a real Brett kind of pick. 
It, it, it is, but you know what? I'm I'm still happy that Brett isn't here. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably why I had to talk about him. Um, your outlandish statement for St Kilda, I remember. Uh, yes. That, what do you mean you remember? Yes. What, what does that mean? I remember to bring up the outlandish. Statement. Oh, you remember to. I was going to say we never didn't even talk about outlandish yeah. statements on a pre-pod. I was thinking, what? Oh, you're a mind reader for a second. Hey, Corey, big. Clap, clap to you, mate. Um, St Kilda will win less games than the Gold Coast Sunbelt. Oh. <laughs> How's that? What's, what's less than zero? <laughs> zero with a shit of percentage. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's you want to be outlandish? That's, that's outlandish. Uh, it's Seb Ross to finish as a top 10 midfielder. I can't give him a rant and then... No, you, I mean, you can't knock back that in. Oh, then we'll go, we'll go Dylan Robertson and finish as a top 10 defender as well. So, yeah. Oh, man, imagine how good it would be if you picked Dylan Robertson at 297 and you got him for the whole year. Yeah, I know, and he just sits there. I'm almost about to trade someone out and bring him in. That's, uh, that's it. I'm surprised you don't have him, actually. I was really shocked when you didn't want to talk about him. I'm, um, yeah, I'm actually jumping on board someone else at the moment. Um... And just because of the money situation, I've got a little bit more money floating around, so I've um I've, I've elected to kind of upgrade. Yeah. If you call it that, really. You always talk me into Dylan Robin. I actually, you probably. Oh yeah, man! I him. really like Dylan Robin, and I won't diss anyone who starts the year with him. I think it's a great pick. It's certainly a bargain buy. Has anyone written about him yet? No, and I, I would have loved to because he's kind of he was in that kind of the first half of my preseason articles when I was doing all those. Fallen prems and, yeah. and that sort of stuff. I should have done something on him then. I should have lumped, you know, Smith and Williams and you know everyone like that all in one article. But um, hey, that'll just give me a bit more insight into what we'll do next preseason, eh? Maybe someone can help Haz out, and he could probably put a Dylan Robert in an article out next week. You could, you could probably put a useful article out there <laughs> that'll sit on the court. Oh God! All right, let's move on. Well, then beers with Sam Kent. Who was it? Who had beers with? Sam Naismith, yeah, great article, lad. Oh, we bloody love you, Has. We bloody love you. Um, nope. Still getting whacked for it. Uh, let's, Sydney rookies, mate. Let's, uh, Sydney rookies, all right. The team that threw JLT, you don't even know uh, that this person's even going to get selected and then come round one, they unveil one. And you almost just have to pick whoever Sydney unveil in round one, don't you? Years oh, gone by, who have they given us? They, they give us. I mean, that there's a prime example. They've had. They've given us Nick Newman. They just give us there's lots of. Another one too. I can't um, think of who. Malikin. Was it Malikin? Uh, yeah, although he didn't score a lot of points. Well, there was another just, forward. They they done two forwards two years in a row. That's what Ronky. Pap- was it Ronky? Ronky yeah, Ronky. Benny. Or Ron Ronky Kong. Yeah, Ronky Kong. Yeah, they just do it all the time. Um, so and sometimes it's hard to bloody predict who it's going to be, but. I'll play the straight bat here, and I'm going to go Nick Blakey, um, because following the intra-club game, the kind of the word that was coming out, you know, Tom Harley and some of the other uh, sort of people around Sydney kind of said, yeah, you know what, now he's looking the goods. And just prior to that intra-club game, they said, yeah, you know what, probably won't start the season. We'll give him a little bit of time to, you know, kind of get into the swing of things. Neck minute, plays one intra-club game. Yeah, lining up round one. Yeah, um, it was taken with... You didn't know. Yeah, pretty much. Look, he was taken at pick 10. Um, at some point in his career, he'll move into the midfield. But I think this is almost identical to kind of the Isaac Heaney 
you know, when he was kind of first brought in, available as a forward, as a rookie, part of the academy, all that sort of stuff. This year screams just twins to me. Um, and, and that's what we'll get. We'll see him at some point, Mike Heaney, move into the midfield. We'll probably be speaking about him as a premium player in about three or four years because he's going to get more midfield time and all that sort of stuff. But Nick Blake, he's certainly one to watch. And if he's there round one, he's priced around that one sort of 60K mark as an F4. That's a pretty solid option, I reckon. Yeah, overhead, a set of mitts like you would not believe. And in that intro club, I'll, I'll try and get it out. I'll try and retweet it. I can't remember where I've seen it. Marks it on the boundary, straight through. Just as straight as a fiddle. The kid is a class act. Like, yeah, Nick Blake is mine as well. There's no one else to talk about. Um, 18 touches, four and a half goals. Yeah. Um, where his averages in the, uh, in the last year's Academy Series. Um, Man, oh. And not to mention, like, imagine him lining up next to Buddy and just having a field day and having fun. I mean, it's almost every kid's dream, isn't it? Um, and I think Blakey's about to live it. And to be honest, I mean, they want they want kind of another taller player to do something up forward. Like, Sam Reid, they just can't trust that. We know what happened to Tippett. Did he retire? Didn't he retire? All that kind of stuff that was going on. They're trying that McCartan fella, that younger fella, who showed a bit of promise last year. I think they just, they just need some support for Buddy. If they're going to win a flag with Buddy in the team... They kind of need one of these kids to kind of take off now. But if not, I mean, they kind of just need to play him with Buddy to kind of learn a little bit of craft and kind of help set them up for the future. We when Sam Reed featured on the front cover of the AFL game? Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> Blast from the punk. <laughs> My God, that's good. Um, your mid-pricer. You know, they pose a lot of interesting selections. Um, they do, don't they? I mean, I could think of... Probably three, to be honest, that would be worthy to kind of speak about. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go more left field because you, oh, I'll let you kind of take the vanilla approach this time. I'm gonna say Ollie Florent, um, and people are gonna be like, Oh, Florent, like you're dead set bombs. Um, but he's still available as a fort, is he not? Yep, I've got him in my draft team too. Do you actually have any draft? Look, and if that's a keeper league there too, probably that is keeper league. That is such a good pick to have. Yeah. But you kind of look. This was someone whose his touches per game kind of increased last year, and that's what I, and that's what I like to see. He went from nine up to seventeen, so he doubled that in his second year. And I think third year we can we might even see that go kind of twenty three to twenty four. He averaged um, sixty five. Now there's no reason why that kind of kind of can't be eighty. And I know mid prices. I'm kind of taking the bargain approach here. Someone who I think is more of a value pick as opposed to someone who will who will uh, be more of a chance to finish kind of top, say, 10 in their position. Um, but Oliver Florent certainly someone um, who can kind of, he can do a lot of good things in the football field. And, look, he played, what did he play last year, 22 games? Or he played every game last year as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Oliver Florent fan. And, and I think at some point we're just going to see him just go bang next level. I love Ollie Florent. I actually thought you were going to go to the vanilla approach. I also I had Ryan Clark down there as one that I don't mind left of field who come across from North Melbourne. Um, but I'll talk about Callum Mills because 420k defender. Most likely, if he's not taking kick-ins or not helping kick-ins, he's going to be dominating off that half-back flank. 
but I think it's almost time that it's it's going to be at some stage during the year. Callum Mills is going to go into that midfield, whether it's early or late. He's one that I wouldn't start the season. I'm not going to roll into the season starting because we see this happen so often. He'll go, he'll spend some time down back a little bit, and then eventually he will be pushed into that midfield and he will explode. And that's when you jump on him at the back end of the season. So Callum Mills, one that I'm watching through JLT, but one I'm also going to watch very, very closely throughout that year. Because I think as soon as he does go in the midfield, that's it. He's almost a pick every year from there. Um, maybe not as a midfielder, but if we continue to get you know that split, the time he does get in that midfield, he's going to kill it. Him and Heaney are the future of that club. Um, probably 10-year midfielders, you'd assume. Um, and I think we're not far away from seeing Callum Mills in that midfield. But again, another play. They love drafting players who can take a mark, don't they? Yeah. lovely set of hands overhead, could play up forward, play down back, and play through the guts. And I, don't, I, don't, I think this is the year of Cullen Mills, whether he starts like a house on fire or we have to pick him up during the year. Now, we spoke earlier, Jack Billings. Everyone went a year too early on that. Yeah. Um, the classic example, I think, this year of, you know, people kind of selecting him last year, nothing kind of happened. Same with Charlie Curnow. How much hype was there around him last year? Yep. People giving him no love this year. He's going to be better than he was last year. Why aren't people talking about him? It's the exact same for Callum Mills. People wanted to stun him last year. They, they, they did. They were talking about him. They said, yep, this is him. All of a sudden, he goes and does this stupid injury, skipping down the street or whatever the hell he was doing. Uh, comes back cheaper than what he was last year. A year kind of in the gym and all that sort of thing, and all of a sudden people aren't talking about him? No. People need to start talking about him again now because you're right. When he goes into the midfield, we're going to see 20, 20 plus points on, on his average, and I think he's going to be there from round one. I, I think he's every chance to kind of finish as a top eight defender. Um, I'll use one of your classic lines, though. I'm not going to pay kind of, you know, 400 or so for him now when I can wait six weeks and maybe pay an extra 80K for him when I know, yeah, and know we're getting, yeah. Yeah, nah, love it. I, you got to think, they've got Parker, he's getting on. They've got Kennedy, he's getting on. They're going to, a lot of teams now have a lot of rotations through the midfield because we don't have as many um, bench rotations in the game of AFL. So, player like Cullen Mills, I think he's in for a good year. You know what else, though, interesting? I mean, we're moving on to premium players now. I think they had a lot of relative primo players you can talk about, too. Probably three, I reckon. I reckon, you, I reckon you could make a case, yeah, for four or five. Who are you for? Buddy, Heaney? Agree to that? Buddy, Lloyd? yep. Lloyd. And Parker. Parker. And I reckon you could almost make a case for Josh Kennedy. I wouldn't, I'm but I reckon you boat. could almost make a case for him. Yeah, I'm not in that boat, but I would certainly agree with the other four. We could be every chance to line up with all four at some point this year. I'll, look, I'll kick off by talking about Luke Parker. and Look, the reason I'll, I'll kick off with that is that we know Hannah's is gone. Um, we know Heaney and Mills, and they're going to provide more support through the midfield and that, but Parker's just an option who... Look, he kind of he's just been a tease for a long period of time, but you look at the midfield, the top midfielders every year... And there's always those players that just tease and they kind of hover that five to 600K price and then bang, all of a sudden they have that year where they just go 120. We'll be speaking about Parker for maybe the next four years, or I would have thought, because he's got every potential to kind of do that at some point. 
and you know it's just a matter of whether you want to be on the train when he kind of does it um I, look i've got absolutely no issues with anyone that wants to run uh, luke parker in their team 560k he kind of fits into that you know solid dusty zerat crouch he's just as good as a scorer as any one of those um, did spend a fair bit of time in the forward line last year, but he was able to sort of contribute to the scoreboard, which is really important. Loves to float forward and, and kick a goal as Parker. Um, you have a look at his kind of career averages. He's only averaged over 103 in his last five years. The other two years being 98 and 99. So probably not as consistent as some of the others, but he's every chance to kind of go 110. Just remember when we had Luke Parker as a forward? It was so good. Yeah. Bring that back. Yeah. This year. Give us Dusty and Parker <laughs> and Beams and. Yeah, you but know, yeah, when we get Dangerfield, the shit it's a fan, and we won't even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming into the primaries football, do you know he averaged 107 minutes per game last year? Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. He's a warrior. Yeah, there's some big numbers. Um, I love Luke Parker, and I think that maybe we do take him for a little. <laughs> I think we underappreciate Luke Parker, and I think it's because we ha- we did have him for those years as a midfielder, um, and you know they had such a big midfield depth around them. He has been a top ten midfielder before, um, mm. albeit probably about four years ago when Sydney finished the top of the ladder. That's my great stat that I love to go to. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if one year we just seen Parker, like you said, absolutely explode, whether it's this year or not. Um, but, yeah, he's a bit of a warrior. He's not mine. My pick was definitely Isaac Heaney. Mm-hmm. I can't see how you can go into the season without him. I mean, Jake Lloyd is there, but I can understand why people wouldn't pick Jake Lloyd like I really do because of the price that's being so high. and you know, It's his first year of doing it and yada, yada, yada. I think Heaney 100% finishes as a top six forward. I think Heaney goes into the midfield this year and absolutely dominates. Um... I'm huge on Heaney. I can't see how any team could not start Isaac Heaney coming into 2019. There's there's probably nothing that you could say that would make me think otherwise. I could probably watch JLT, watch him go line up at full forward for the next two JLT games and still probably pick him because yep. I think irrelevant of what he does out there is he's that's not the role he's playing. Um, what he missed four games last year was at the start of the season with glandular fever. Like yeah, I think this is the last year that we'll get Isaac Heaney as a forward too. Yep, I'm, I'm all in on Isaac Heaney and look, I'm, I'm all in on Lloyd too, don't get me wrong, but probably slightly overpriced Lloyd. And you think about this kicking stuff, um, now people will say, yeah, Lloyd will take kick-ins. But you know what I'll say to those people? When Lloyd took kick-ins last year, he was kicking to himself anyway. So he's actually not going to increase in points. For him running out of the box, he's just going to maintain that. So he's not underpriced. Kicking's not going to be a factor for him. For me, he's kind of just priced for the kind of the average he put out last year. And for me, that was that was. And yeah, we all know. Well, those who listened to the podcast last year just know how big I was on Lloyd because I picked him at the start of the year. You know, from round one, told everyone to pick him. Everyone ignored me. Everyone begged me, especially that wanker Brett. No wonder why he's not on the podcast anymore. Um, and, yeah, and for me to kind of say that even I've got some hesitancies around Lloyd, then I, I reckon that's that's pretty significant. Yeah, and not to mention, I think with their kicking thing too now, it's they're going to want to be quick and rush mm. the game and, and whatnot. So I think if Callum Mills is around the ball, he's going to pick it up, he's going to take it. If Rampy's around the ball, he's going to pick it up, he's going to take it. I think yeah. they're going to have a couple of 
players taking kicks. I don't think he's going to take as many as he did last year. Zach Jones, he yeah. loves a kick. And he can roost the ball too. Yeah. Uh, your outlandish statement for the Swans? Uh, they want to make the top eight this year. Yeah, well... I, I feel like I'm not doing anything super coach related. Should, should I redo that? Oh, you can do whatever you want. Well, that, that's generally how it works around here. I'll just do, I'll do whatever I want anyway. Whenever you make well. something super casual, <laughs> they hold it to you for the whole season anyway, like saying that Rainer was uh, going to finish the top six forward, even though it was just a stupid outlandish okay. statement. People well, tend to remind me of that. All right. Well, Sydney won't make the top eight, and Aaliyah Lee will be Orchard. Wow, nice. Yeah, oh, I, I, I agree that Sydney won't make the top eight. Player. I oh, yeah, they won't make it. Yeah, I think they'll miss. I think they'll miss eight. Um, Lloyd to not average over a hundred. I, I actually don't even agree with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just gotta say something. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, should probably get ready for these things, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nah. Um, anything else to add? Do you just want to read the group code out? Have you got that in front of you at all? Oh, gee, come on, mate. I you, think we've... You know, you're, you're asking me for a lot of things. We've and probably I've explained enough. How well, we have explained enough. But for those who haven't, the code, go into the league section, in between leagues and rivals, you'll see group, add group. Code is 661-452. We've got over 400, and we checked this in between podcasts, because last, last podcast I said we've only got over 200. We've got over 450 entrants, and we would love to see that get to six, 700 uh, by the start of the season. So I want to see that over a K. Well, gee, wouldn't we love that? But maybe we need a temporary expectation. Who knows? 661452, you join it. Tell your mates to join it. Tell your dad. Tell your mum, your brother, sister, whoever the hell you know that plays it. Everyone get in on it. Done. Beautiful. Love it. Peace out, community. Thanks for listening.